surgeon. What's up, Florian family? Welcome to the huddle. We come at you every Tuesday at 3 p.m. Central to discuss maintaining forward progress in your flooring career. With me, as always, is Daniel and Jose Gonzalez from Preferred Flooring out of Grand Rapids, Michigan. We got a special guest today, Mr. Roland Thomas of Thompson's Flooring Thompson. out of, tell me again. Thompson. Thompson. Out of Frederick, Maryland. Frederick, Maryland. Frederick, Maryland. Roland's been on our uh podcast a time or two and uh well several times always a great insight uh he brings a real good unique perspective uh from the retailers world as well as training and just what it takes to be a high level uh flooring installer so today is just about that retail and uh the retailers and how you build a, a successful team around you I was talking, do you guys have an echo? A little bit, yes. Okay, I'm going to turn some things, try and tune some things in here. There we go. Hopefully that works. Okay. Um, yeah, I was talking fun. to Roland right before the, the podcast here, getting a little bit more background. Uh, I've known Roland for, I don't know, four or five years. We've been going, seeing each other at shows and hanging out a little bit. One of the unique uh, aspects that he does is a lot of these uh, TV shows like uh, I believe it's Restaurant Impossible is one of them that you do. I think you've done some others, but his real passion is in installation. And he, at the ripe age of 62, is that correct? He decided to go out. 64. 64, go out and start his own retail uh, location where he sells materials and labor, provides labor services to and consultancy uh, to clients. So today it's going to be a little bit less of my input because to be honest with you, I'm a, I'm in the commercial world. Uh, Go Carrera, which many of you know me from is works for both retail and, and uh, commercial contractors. It's designed to do so. However, my expertise in flooring particularly from a business subject matter uh, is really more consolidated around the commercial world. So I'm pleased to have Roland on the, the call. And um, I know that the preferred flooring gentlemen uh, do a lot of residential work as well and retail, possibly a little bit of that as well. So I'm going to let you guys kind of talk about what it takes. And Roland, I mean, you, you, you went from installer, to like a the the lead of an installation team at a at a well carpet one i believe mm -hmm. and and then went on to start your your business as a retailer what was the what are some of the key let's start here what have you learned through that through that transition and what are some key pitfalls that uh, you kind of can share with us that that you know maybe help some other people avoid if they're looking to do the same thing you did well you know it's sort of i think things worked out in in the right progression for me because you know uh, i when i you know, was out installing i installed a small bathroom for a retail for a consumer you know or i'd do a big high-rise you know 
commercial building. So I was did both. Uh, I, I worked both commercial and residential as far as installing. And uh, then when I went into the carpet one, you know, so I learned that aspect. And I, you know, and that's still my passion. Installers are my passion. And, but yet when I went into the carpet one dealer and was handling all the, all the stuff for them and I, I got to go to the sales trainings. Like I went to the carpet one conventions. I went to all, went through all the sales trainings with Sam Allman and, and all those. So I learned that, started learning that end of the aspect uh, of the, of the business. So it sort of flip-flopped. I still kept my hands in installation because I still would go out and do the custom work and certain things. But I was lear at that time I was learning the 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 retail end of it, getting to meet the 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 sales reps and the retail uh, and all that of the of the that end of the industry. So on that side, is that some of the pit some of the lessons some was, of the pitfalls were, yeah. was get getting to know some of the 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 sales reps and and actually realizing that you needed some some sure. soft skills, some sales training, some. Right. Some of that salesmanship that goes along with, you know, owning your own uh, retail business. Well, you know, it, there again, you know, install, you know, you hear all the time installers make the best salespeople. And, and but I've seen so many installers try to go into sales and ended up going back in, in this, into installs because it does take a different mindset trying to sell. And it takes a different disposition trying to sell in uh, and, and learning that from you know, you know, going through the customer service orientations and all that kind of stuff, learning how to talk to a con consumer uh, is another skill to learn. So installers, you know, to be able to make that transfer has to be willing to open their mind up to learn that into the industry. You know, with us as installers, when we loaded up in the morning, we are going out to make money. And we knew we had a job. We knew we were going to do something. We were going to make some money. And a salesperson has to learn that. They have to learn rejection because you're not going to close every sale. Because if you close every sale, you're, you're, you're not pricing it right. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Good you point. Know? It's just not going to happen. So that salesperson can go out and talk to 10 people. And, and, and he's fortunate if he gets six of them, you know, or, and seven of them, there's, there's, always so you know. so as you started doing this as you started to really develop your sales skills and stuff and and you know creating that soft uh you know knowing how to talk to customers and sell them flooring is one thing how did you use installation and i'm going somewhere with this how did yeah. you use your installation prowess and and knowledge um did that come in handy i should say when it well, came it, to selling? Sure, it does. And it still does to this day. And and that's why I'm a firm believer that salespeople, me and Jerry Levinson went over that, you know, battled back and forth. The salespeople should know about installation because when you're talking to a, a consumer, there's a fine line. You can you you want them to understand that you know understand what's going to happen in their home because it's their castle. So you're going to want them to understand what's going to happen in their home. And the more you know to be able to project that to them is going to give you a hands up to somebody, a salesperson who don't. But in the same realms, you don't want to overwhelm them with too much te te you know, terminology either. 
so you don't take all those plaques off the wall and and stack them up in your truck and take them out to show show no, I make <laughs> I make him come in and look. No, he 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 just makes one post every day. Yeah, right. <laughs> three sixty five. Like, uh, so Kevin is on, you, on Facebook. You, he says, "Uh, as seen on TV, Mister As seen on TV. TV. You should have a shirt like that, Roland. Yeah, as seen okay. on TV. No, so as you started down that path and you started to um you know, grow the business. I think you stated earlier, you know, it kind of just took off. You were thinking like, Hey, I'm going to finish my career out, you know, doing, doing a few things almost as um, I wouldn't call it a hobby, but it, it almost seemed like you were going into it with, you know, muted expectation. And then it kind of took off for you. You had to build a team around you, which is really what this podcast, this, this episode's about is, how do you build a team as a retailer? But more importantly, or, or maybe more importantly, is how do installers become part of a good team and what what aspect on both sides? So how did you build it? And then what's it take from the installer to be part of a good team and be valued by the retailer? Well, like and, and well go ahead, Jose. You, you put into No, that. I just like the question. I like the question that he asked you. I want to hear it from the master disaster. <laughs> no, I don't, uh, anyway, you know, what, what I did is, like I said, I came in figuring, you know, I was going to just, you know, I just install, sell, and install because I knew I had picked up some selling skins. So, you know, I figure I've been married now 49 years. I know I can sell. <laughs> <laughs> I've talked my wife into being able to stay with me. But so in the same realms, you know, but when things started taking, you know, I had to learn to then trust. And, and fortunately, because I was where the position I was, I knew, you know, with, with CFI trainings and everything else, I knew what the better installers were. Uh, but I still had to learn to trust them and they had to learn to trust me when they came in. So come down to trust and feel uncomfortable with each other. You got they got to feel comfortable with me. I got to feel comfortable with them. And, and then when it came to where, I had moved to where I couldn't even handle all the all, all the measures anymore, you know, as one person. Uh, you know, then I went out and and you know, through being at the Carver One, I knew who was one of the best salesmen, considered one of the best salesmen in town that people hated to go up against. And I made a phone call and said, Okay, hey, I need a guy, you ready to come? And he said, sure. So it's it's learning. You know how to, to you know, we're not just like last week. I got a call from from uh, PJ's wife that PJ uh, was was not doing well. As he's better now, so so I can bring that up. Let, let me interject for the audience. PJ is one of the like premier trainers in the industry. He he's uh, the uh, owner of Natural Fiber. Um, I forget NF the whole name, but it's NFIC. the Natural. Right. What? Go ahead. NFIC, Natural, Natural Fiber, Fiber Installation Certification. Yeah, so it's high-end, you know, dealing with wools, and you can even learn how to do the, uh, you know, sew seams to pattern yeah, we, matching. We like, went through that class. It's a great class. Yeah, so if you're, if you're ever interested, just to let everybody know he's talking about when he says PJ, it's PJ Arthur with NFIC, so. Yeah, so, so, um, I get a call on, on Tuesday morning from Eloise's wife saying that uh, he was taken to the hospital and he had a course starting Wednesday. There, there's guys from Canada and all that in and needed the course done. 
my point is to this was I had the capability because I have a good team to know that I could move things around, get in a car and drive down there and put it on for them because I had installers that were going to take care of my customers back here. I had a salesman who was going to be able to take care of everything business-wise. And so I packed up, went down and, and did the class for him and came back Saturday. So, so it provides freedom is what you're right. saying. I mean, this right. is a very specific instance where the freedom came out to help a friend and, a, a, you know, not only a personal friend of yours, but also an industry friend, right? And able to go help PJ out. Freedom looks, you know, mul multiple different facets of that, but you were able to build a team that's able to run the company uh, in your absence how did you do that? Let's get to some nuts and bolts. Okay. What are you looking yeah. for from your, let's start with the salesman. What do you, what do you look for in a good with, salesman, yeah. for example? Uh, I'll just hang up. <laughs> so there again, you know, when I started putting the team together, you know, I, I went to the installers that, you know, I used at the Carpet One dealer, you know, installers that I know went through the certifications, know what they're, they know how, they had to know what I expected out of them when they go into my consumer's home. Or, and what is that? Let, um, let's drill down. What is that? What do you expect okay. of them? What I expect them is to have a, do a good job because everybody wants them to do a good job. But I, when, when they, the next day or the two days later, sometimes it's two days. All right. We make a phone call to our, our re retail customers. All right. Or any of them. And my questions are, A, did they do a good job? So they're expected to do that. They expect, they know my quality level and they, they're expected to reach, reach towards that the best they can. And it sounds like that starts with the salesperson yes. then. Co co correct. It starts with the salesperson setting the expectations to the client. All right. So okay. he's got to know that. All right. Then I'm going to ask him a question. Were they pleasant? Did you enjoy them being in their home? I expect them to treat my customers with kick gloves. You know, it's their home. You're a guest, and they expect I expect them to treat them that way. And then I'll then I go. Did they clean up and leave your house better than it was when they came? Those you know, and I want you know if I any of those they give me a negative review, I'm going to the installer and saying, hey, you didn't reach it this time. Now, do I expect them to be perfect? No, I'm not but I expect them to strive to do their best. And they sure. know that's what I expect out of them. Yeah. And you have a, right. A good follow-up and an expectation. So yeah. it starts with your, your finding just to kind of unpack this a little bit. So getting a good salesman is getting somebody who a knows flooring uh, or can be trained to know flooring uh, and B can set uh, uh, end user expectations or homeowner expectations, because that is probably one of the, and I want to bring that point out because that's, I think Daniel and, and Jose, you guys are in the Facebook groups, but that's one of the, the complaints from a lot of installers sure. out there is that the salesman promises the world and then it's, it's impossible for the installer to get out there and and reach those expectations. So I think that's important that a salesperson 
you know, manages the expectations of the homeowner or the end user. And uh, so that that point is is, is worthy of noting. Right. To talk on the sales end of it, is, uh, what you're saying is this is what I have in place. OK, with, with my salesperson. Now, fortunately, there again, I knew him. He was at the Carver One dealer for years. Prior to that, his dad had a net was a Navy dealer for years. He grew up in the sales portion. So product knowledge and everything else. I mean, somebody walks in with a, with a flooring and he'll look at it and go, oh, that's this, 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 this. He knows that, you know, he can tell them what it was, when it was sold and if they make it anymore, you know. But what makes him, what him and I have in place, all right, is like you said about the how important it is me being on the installation and a salesperson being able to relate. So two things we have in set in place. One is if he, if he goes out and looks at a job and he has any doubt whatsoever of, of something that can be done, should be done, might get done. What a trans, what transition should go on this door. He brings it to me. He'll take pictures and brings it to me. There's sometimes when me being gone the way I'm gone, he can't bring it to me. So if I'm not here for him to bring it to me, he then needs to talk to the head head installer from one of the crews because we have multiple, you know, workroom type things. They have one guy, Alfredo has seven guys and, and Edwin has eight guys, all right? But he needs to take it to them and say, hey, here's the pictures I took. Here what needs to be done. Or if he has any doubt, line up for them to meet him at the job and go over it prior to pricing the job. So so uh, that's what we have set up here. So, you know, I don't depend on, you know, he never installed and you can only teach him so much about installation without them if they haven't done it. So if there's any doubt in what should be priced out, whether it should be priced out, what should be priced out, what's needed, it's in place for him then to seek out the expert that knows that. So that's how we have set up. If you don't know, ask. That's right. 100%. What's yeah. your guys' experience in in dealing with that portion when you're when you're selling to an end user? Um, how do you guys deal with the similar situation? You have somebody going out and selling a job. Do you guys do that? Um, hey, you still, guys, you guys do that? My coffee. <laughs> and do you guys do that? And then bounce things off one another or do you have a separate salesperson that goes out and sells your pro your residential projects no that, I think that, that would be us that a lot of us. it a lot of the residential is him when i'm dealing with residential customers i i guess i i don't really know because i just go in there explain to them what we're going to do i mean uh, what it is in a nutshell is, is Daniel has patience for computers. He doesn't have patience for people sometimes. Right? And <laughs> he understands sometimes. his strengths <laughs> and his weaknesses. Um, I, I'm definitely more of a people person, so it just makes more sense to put myself out there. Um, and I don't, I look at it from, from an installer perspective. I don't ever, and I don't ever, and I will never intentionally put an installer at risk or, or jeopardize a project because I'm, over speaking, um, but I, I also understand some of the process. So I do not, um, I, I under promise and, and try to over deliver, right? I, I still try to do that on, on residential and commercial. 
Um, but at the same time is um, I try to be thorough and, and, and the way Daniel said to explain everything, I do my very best to do that. Um, if I don't know, I say, I don't know. If I do know, um, I try to articulate my words in a manner that will fit um, our conversation, right? Like I don't want to start dropping technical terms to someone where it's going to go over their head. So I try to, uh, to say it in terms that they're going to understand. And it's just, it's just one of those things where I try to find a solution and, and instead of, uh, instead of shooting down their ideas or saying, Hey, I know that you have this material in mind, but we can't do that here. I try to find a solution. And if they don't understand it, I explain it to them that way. Um, and as far as the installs, I think the, what I'm finding is that no matter how thorough I am with the client, there's always something that they act like, oh, I didn't know that I was supposed to do that. I didn't know this. I didn't know that. They, 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 they like, in residential, you tend to see that a lot more than commercial. Um, but you like, you're dealing directly with the end user. There's, there's no in between. It's you and them. And, 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 and that's why, but. I try to so set they, everybody up for success. So they forgot they had to move that water bed and safe. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have all the furniture moved by the time you get here and then it gets to that day. Oh yeah. I didn't wake up early enough. <laughs> yeah. So it it's it's a it's a work in progress. And and I think that I tell everybody I'm not a salesman. Daniel tells me otherwise, other people tell me otherwise, but like I, I just try to help find solutions. And, and well, salesman's not a dirty word. I mean, if you're a good one, you you set expectations, you tell the client right. what what they're going to get, and you you sell things at a fair price, and and all these key aspects. You also work through all the challenges that may come up, or the um, the uh, rebuttals from from the end user or homeowner, right? So. It's not a bad term. If you're good at sales, you're a salesman. So I'll call you a salesman. Uh, that's fine. I'm never, I'm never offended by it. I'll be honest. I'm never offended by it. Eduardo just, wants uh, to know. Eduardo wants to know why you've been crying all day, hiding your eyes. <laughs> I almost put on my sunglasses so, so we could all I, match. And you just I forgot to tell everybody. Daniel, um, I can put on mine. We're all just sunglassed out. <laughs> I have, I had, I had surgery in, in my eye uh, this morning. They put a laser in there and shot to the back of my eye. So the light is, is really killing me today. Well, you um, look cool. I think it's a look that works for the podcast. <laughs> I, I, and you I, could just be the sunglass dude on the podcast. And, <laughs> and Mario's on says, hello, Mr. Rollin. And then texted him right after that. I see you. <laughs> I I had a meeting right after my surgery this morning and I went there and I I, I assured the 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 young lady that I wasn't said I I feel like such a tool right now but the my eye hurts really bad so I got to try to protect it um so and Well I I think they look good on you. So um it sounds like Roland and uh from what you and Jose are saying I mean it's in that first step though is really important for the salesperson to be the right, you know, it's the first person that the homeowner is going to see often. And they, they have a lot of responsibility to set the job up correctly and make sure that the, yes. that the installer is set up for success. I hear Jose and Daniel both say that a lot on the podcast in different topics. It's about setting up your installer for success. 
Um, so what, what does that mean to you guys? What does it mean to set the installer up for success? Well, so, you know, um, I'll go ahead, Rowan, go ahead. You know, when, when you, you know, as a salesperson and, and you know, we each have, and, and that's when I watch guys say, well, we don't need the salesman or we don't need the store. You know, each person has a duty to do. And for the salesperson, like you said, they, they enter the store, you know, it's the duty of the owner to get advertised, get people into the into the place. Then when the when they come in, it's the duty of the salesman to greet them right, to know how to handle them, to know how. But he also needs to, enough. That's what I said. You can get too technical technical with a client. That's what Jose even said. You know, you're going to watch what he says. You can get too technical with them. You need to give them the information. You know of what you know and the pros and cons of the product and all that kind of stuff that comes with selling. Well, then you got they got to set them up with understanding what they're going to go through when when the install comes, and and that's where you need to learn. You need to learn if you have tear up, you know that it it it's, it's it could be dusty, you know we're protected best the thing, but dust can find a place yeah. to go. All right, there you know and give them ideas, and then we're going to take up and we don't know what's under there. It could be this, you know, get them ready for that in case there's unforeseen things. Uh, and getting them prepped to know for the installer. And then the biggest key is having that all written down for the installer. All right. If an installer has a distinctive work order that explains everything you told the, the consumer, not the surprise that the consumer says you told them, everything that was discussed. All right. You know, whether you're moving the furniture, whether you're going to, you know, paint the paint the banister, whether you're going to do this, a detailed layout and detailed um, of what needs to be done. Then he's prepared. I can look at it in the morning before I leave and go, okay, this is what I got to do. A, he knows what supplies to get. All right. He knows he's going to need SEMA tape. He knows he's going to need this specialized glue. He knows he's going to need that. Nothing's worse than getting to a job and find out, there wasn't something on, on the work order, and now you got to run and tell a consumer, I got to run. I'm going to be gone for an hour. I'll be back. You know, so that's getting him ready for success. He's there prepared to do his job the way that the job is supposed to be done, and you prepared him for that. And so that, that to me, is, is what a job of a salesman is, is not only to sell the job, but have that, have the you know, the installer, you know, because an installer, I tell, I tell dealers as a salesman, you can mess up and you can overcome that. If your installer messes up because you didn't give him the stuff he needs to do and do it right, a customer gets mad and might not come back to your store. I, as an installer, can take a customer who's mad at a salesperson and turn them around to love the store because of what I did. And so that success, that chain that needs to go there, as, as, a, as a retailer, you need to make sure you have each one trained properly to, to enhance the other one. Well, it sounds like a team say. effort on there too. And that, that's a great example. Well, that's part of being a team. Is um is is, is understanding that uh 
we all have we all have guidelines as the installer, the the salesperson, but it, it's also understanding that we're all human. We're all going to forget something, and being able to um, uh, being able to smooth things over when something doesn't go as planned, um, and and that's actually coming from the installation side, having to have the salesperson's back more often than not, um, and learning together because they might not know the installation side at all, right? They're just good at selling. Um, and that's where communication comes in and you, you got to. Well, and that's where, that's where, more. that's where the team comes in. You guys were just talking about, I mean, I, earlier I said, you know, often the salesperson's first thing that the homeowner sees or, um, you know, in many cases anyway, and the installers typically the last person they're going to see. So that shows you your team. You got the owner, as Roland said, that has to get the traffic in. In first contact is, say, a salesperson. And not always, but in bigger stores, that's certainly true. So in bigger retailers. And then, but very often, the installer is the last taste in the, in the retail, uh, you know, the consumer's mouth, so to speak. So it's like the last flavor of the store that you have is the installer and what's important is that the installer understands that you know and i think that stores that value their labor do a good job of reminding them how important they are and finding creative ways to incentivize them to do not only do a good job from an installation perspective and a qualities you know standpoint but also from like you said roland were they pleasant how, you know, being pleasant, being, um, being a guest in someone's house means that you're, you're, you're thankful for being there. You're grateful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, installers, if we can learn to be grateful for that day's work, uh, be grateful for that project and, and show it through our actions and through our attitude with the consumer, whether that's frankly, whether that's retail or commercial, but, um, you know, I was having a conversation earlier with a guy and, and, and I was like, you know, there's two different levels of professionalism when you're, t or two different ways of professionalism. You can be a pretty roughneck uh, on a commercial job, yeah. but you better have your safety professionalism down. You better have hard hat, safety glasses, work boots, high vis vest, know your safety stuff. You may not talk the best and probably shouldn't be in a retail environment, but you take the other side and the retail installer has to be more personable and pleasant and, and understanding that you're a guest in the house. And, uh, but you know, they're not wearing high vis vests and safety glasses and hard hats and work boots and things of that nature. So there's two different ways to be professional as, a, as an installer. Um, and you, you know, the beauty is you kind of pick your path. I, I did both early on and, and I just gravitated to the, to the commercial world uh maybe it's because i was a bit of a butthead when i was in my 20s and and <laughs> didn't, didn't always uh present myself the best but i also understand what that's like so you know installers out there you are a piece of the sales process at the end of the day you're part of the team and the more that retail i'm putting some words in the retailer's mouth here but i believe that the more that a retailer can uh 
include the installer as part of their team and make sure they know that they're part of the team and make sure that they know how important they are. I, you know, I think that goes a long way. Yeah, I was going to say something about that because I, I think that you're, you're talking about building a team, right? And you got to kind of make sure that your your core values align and then that mm-hmm. translates over into the workspace because there's, you know, plenty of people that we have done work for throughout the years. Uh, kind of the same thing. It goes one of two ways. It's either, hey, this is happening on this project and then they come back with, what do we need to do to make this right? Do whatever you need to do, right? Like, let's figure this out together. Or they say, no, do it the way I'm telling you. That's it. Well, you know, people pe- just like, you know, the old thing, and, and when you're, you're becoming a salesman or you're coming come dealing with the public, you know, they say people like to buy from people they like. Yeah. And, and so they like and trust, you know. So it's the same thing with the, the installation realms. People like who's in their home, who they like. Um, prime example is when I first went into the Carpet One, and my job was to, you know, they had had some trouble with the some of the installation teams and trying to decide what was going on. Their number one product productive crew, I got rid of, and their lowest productive crew, I told them they needed to keep. And and they they were they were hourly at the time they were hourly employees, and the number one production crew lost them so much work. Customers would not come back to that store. He when had, you say productive crew, just for clarification, is that just it, the it one that got the most stuff put well, in? Right, right. And his work was fine. It wasn't you know, but he 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 that crew would go out. And, and and if you had a bigger job, that's who they sent because that's that, that who would get it done. The other crew wouldn't get that done. It'd take two days or almost two days to do that job. So he's the one who went, but he lost. <laughs> so, he, you know, they lost work. The, that guy, he, the lead guy for that company, for that crew, he had husbands that came in looking for him to beat the crap out of him. On how he treat he treated their their wives while they were at work, he was you know a customer would come in and and he would just say get out of my way I'm here to do a job leave me alone, he had a bad disposition he would talk to him nasty, and I kept telling him yes he might get the most work done for you, but you're losing business, people aren't coming back, all right the other the on the other hand, part of the reason why. Ron and Randy didn't didn't get much done in a day is they became friends and would have lunch with the people. They loved them. Every customer come back into the store. You know, I said, he's bringing you work back. The other one isn't. So, you know, that's part of pulling that team. You have to recognize that. You have to, to, to analyze that and bring them on the team. There was no way I was going to bring the other guy on the team when I came in there. There was just no way. He, he wasn't going to change his ways. Yeah, so, so why, is all this in, why is all this important? I mean, you know, retailers, honestly, you're not, you're not competing against one another. Really, a lot of the retailers are competing against the big box stores who yeah. where they really lack is the guidance. When you go into a box store, I won't name any, but you go in there for guidance 
you need guidance in flooring. There's too many different products that are made or manufactured in different ways that have different use cases. And you go into a retailer for that guidance that you wouldn't get at a box store. But if you, the one thing that box stores uh, have really worked on is the customer service aspect. So if retailers are not good at both sides, kind of guiding the consumer on good product selections that fit, you know, the long-term use case for their house and, or, um, or a given room and also be pleasant, be, be, um, be enjoyable to work with. Now I'm not saying the box stores have great crews that do that, but my point here is you, you want to be in, in kind of checking both of those boxes as a retailer, you don't have, the marketing budget often that you know the big box stores do that get on tv and commercials and all this stuff you got to beat them on customer experience and if you can beat them on customer experience that customer comes back and back and back and has no desire to go and get this watered down version of what you offer and so that's why this is an important podcast is you know retailers have to understand you're not competing against one another in reality, you're competing against these big box stores and, and your guys's job. And this is why I keep deferring to you guys. Cause I'm not, I'm not in the residential retail world. Here's, but, here's go ahead, Roland. Pardon me. Here's you're talking about that. Here's one of the things I use all the time when, when the person has been in, into a box store. All right. Is, and this is part of being a team and, and showing as a team. When when I go to you know, go to close or my salesman go to close, we can say, well, you know, Edwin's coming out and going to be the installer on your job to, uh, next week or whenever. I'm going to have I'm going to sign Edwin to your job, you know, and and he's a great guy. He's got a wife and he's got you know kids and and you can build him up, you know, say you know and and, and he's going to do you a great job. He, he, he you know he knows what our standards are and everything else. Feed it. A box store can't do that. Because that salesperson has no idea who is going to go out. No and clue. No clue. Right. And not not saying that the guy was a bad installer, but they can't give that personal touch that a retailer can do if he builds the right team and he builds the right experience and he knows his team. You know, I mean, it. It. You know, if I show up, if I show up at Alfredo's job site, I know what Alfredo drinks. I know what he likes, you know, and so I might bring bring him out of soda, you know, and say, "Here, I was on my way in. I thought I'd stop by. Here you are. You're building that team." And, and box stores can't do that. Where where you as a retailer, they favorites. They might have their favorites every now and then, but you know, not many. Not you know, they they might get to know one here or there, but most of them nowadays, who he knows is the head of the workroom. Yeah, not not the guy actually going out to the job site right. so most often. Know, right, he might know what right. you know what beer that the guy from the from the workroom likes, but he doesn't. He won't know the guy that's actually out there on that on that consumer's house most of the time, more time. So I do. I know who's I'm sending, you know, and even, even if you don't know the day you so, you close the deal, you'll say, well, when we schedule it with you, we'll let you know who's coming. We'll let you know what their name is and who's going to be at your home. And that's something they can't do. 
even yeah. on the commercial yeah. side, we we had someone in there last week, and you know we have uh, pictures of Crystal hanging up all over, like when, from when she was in the competition, and then it was a, a female, and she was like, "Is she going to be at this project?" And we we're like, "She might be, yeah." She's like, "Oh my god, I'm so excited." <laughs> That's it. You know, um, so I, I want to tag on to what uh, Rollin was saying about about that. W one thing I'm noticing, and my mother worked at a, a big box store for for some time, some years, uh, and not necessarily in the flooring uh, portion of it, but one thing that they are really good at is their retail management. Like they have a system in place that would be hard for a smaller place like like me to follow because they, their team is just so vast. Um, so so they're able to, to, to do that. Um, and, and it sounds like uh, we can learn from each other. They can learn from us, we can learn from them, right? And it sounds like uh, being a smaller store, we, we can personalize the experience, right? We're, we're selling an experience along with um, a, a good installation or, or, or an installation period. And uh, like Ron said, they, they can't guarantee that there's going to be a specific person or crew. They just say it's going to be done this time. So, I, you know, as far as the process on that, I can't, I can only guess how it's done, right? Um, I can't say this is how it's done, but um, I think uh, learning, learning from, from, from their retail experience um, would, would probably benefit uh, a smaller store as well. Uh, and this is my well, nephew, by the way, that, that walked in. He put a hat on because we were talking about we just happened to be talking about uh, uh, professionalism, right? And, 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 and you had mentioned that, and I was thinking, yeah, you're right. There is two levels, but I think it's professionalism combined with the proper etiquette, and I think that that's what it is. It's a combination of the two. Um, so his etiquette was hide his wild, crazy hair. You want to see it? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think I, I think that you know a lot of the key points that are are you know being brought out here is. You know, the I'm not trying to crap on box stores, but the personalized experience, um, oftentimes even there, you, you start with one salesman, you end with another. Uh, it's that kind of a thing. Um, and that not that you can always, you know, guarantee which crew is going to be on a on your job, even as a small store. Um, sometimes you can you know, get, get close. But the, the point is, is that you can talk about your guys, you know, them on a personal level. Yeah. And a lot of the box stores use, you know, larger work rooms. We know that. And you just don't know who is going to come to your home. And so there's great reasons to work with quality retailers. The, the purpose of this was to bring out some of the, the needs or the, the, important parts of being a great retailer and, and how to build that up so that both the install side and the sell side are successful. And they both, you know, kind of share in that success. The more that's understood, the more that every, that team kind of gets more cohesive. Um, so working on or diving into labor a little bit more, what, what's the status of labor for you, Roland? I mean, uh, your your main crews that you use are they what what kind of activity from a are they bringing in new guys or is there some young young guys uh, young people coming into your uh, the crews or or what's that look like for you? Well, you know it, it and I'm not yeah 
I guess I try to learn how to word. I want to word this right because I don't want anybody to take anything. We talk about the installation installation crisis, and is there an installation crisis to a certain degree? Yes, there is. But I think we miscount on on people that's getting into industry to a certain degree because it's nothing for me to see uh and then one of the few of the installers i use that every time their 11th 10th 11th 12th year year uh, grade son or whatever is not going to school he's here helping his dad so there is a lot of younger guys being you know in the exposed to to the flooring industry you know it was like the old days you know back when i started in 72 you know the and that's why you saw so many guys saying i'm third generation i'm fourth generation i'm second generation that's how a lot of people came into the industry it's still being done but not as seen as much anymore because of the ethnic group that's bringing them in okay um the guy the the guys certain guys well that's below my 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 son so i'm not bringing them in but there's still some being brought in but well some, certainly not to the same level that's been you know no, from the past and yeah, so, but yeah but yeah but so there is you're seeing in even my trainings i'm seeing more and more you know more and more than i have been in the last five years younger people at the trainings now whether or not the trainings are getting to be known more and that about coming could be part of it but it's still I, I, you know just the one i went down for pj there there was uh three of them that were probably under 30 you know yeah i guess you know the the generational side of things is a double edged sword uh it can you you can have you can bring in new guys uh you can bring in family members and such but also it didn't work like we do have, I mean, there's no doubt there is a, if the installation shortage is not felt by certain people by in certain areas or by certain parts of flooring yet, it will be um, Oh yeah, it is because people are yeah. retired are going to retire over the next five to 10 years at a rate that we've never seen. And if we don't start backfilling their talent, there's going to be a problem yeah. and there's just not enough friends and family in those realms uh and, and with my son's case you know he worked in the company since he was 13 and then you know wanted to do something else and that happens as well uh there i will say one thing that seems to be relevant today is that you know we're not getting replaced with ai i know that's a buzzword the ai stuff but it's true there's a lot of stuff that's getting much easier a lot of desk jobs and coding and things of this nature that is being starting to be replaced with ai we're going to have jobs for a long time guys they're not coming after the the carpet and flooring guys for 
the robots aren't being trained to do our job. It's it's the auto workers and yeah. and things like that. The, the, the push button kind of yeah. scenarios. Yeah. There's too there, much there. too much skill in what we do, and it's we not not enough meat on the bone, so to speak. Yeah, we don't have the cookie cutter hand skills is, is what it is. And every single job, no matter if it, if it is um, a, a repeat or you're doing some assisted living where every room is the same, it's not the same. Like it's, everything is slightly different. Can, um, can't do what we do on an assembly line. You can use assembly line mentality with the right crew, but you, you cannot replicate and duplicate um, like an assembly line. And that's what makes no, it. No, you got to have some, some thought goes into almost yeah, every job. Um, and, you know, Raleigh, you had uh, made a good point, too, about the under 30-year-olds you're seeing is a, a lot of the trainings and education classes uh, and all that, that's all hinged based off of what the the retail uh, and, and salesperson is requiring of their installation crews. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if they don't advocate for continued education to the guys that they're hiring, the guys that they're hiring will never think about it. Right, they're just learning. They're and and they're making do. There's nobody's requiring it, and a lot of what we do across the U.S. nobody requires their certification or training uh, for what we do. We 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 get certified or training so that way we can be more efficient and better at what we do, right? In, in hopes that it does separate us and helps us stand out. Um, and I think that if if more people, retailers, and and just more people in general were on the same page as that, then we would have a lot more unsolicited exposure to our industry. And that's what would really help us out. And well, it's starting to, you know, that, that boat's turning slowly where, you know, the quality of the installer is starting to matter uh, more and more, not, not from what they say they can do, but what they can actually do and certifications and trainings and, and having those credentials, um, you know, and also displaying them in a way where it, it's it's really tough when you start talking about all these plaques on on Roland's wall. Yeah, Jeremy they, they said that. Came with the picture frame. Jeremy said that um, our industry brings people in and just calls them a helper, and then has them do grunt work, and then. When they, when you just say, hey, that's my helper, and then they're just in that routine of grunt work, grunt work, grunt work, and every grunt person is always like, I want to install something, right? And they, they don't get that chance, and that's what makes them kind of want to be like, why am I even going to be here if you're not going to teach me how to do something, which I think is, uh, and, and then you talk about certifications, which is, you, you wanted to show us something today, didn't you? Well, here here's my the, the whole thing at, at the end of the day, when you're, when you're talking about training people and, you know, on the job training, we, we had, there was a pretty big stigma around the industry when I first got in that I didn't want to train my replacement. Yeah. Um, that that's starting to wane. I'm hoping that, you know, as the, uh, age of the installer now, like 25 years later, you know, the 30 year olds that I knew then are, you know, now 55. Uh, the, the fact is, is that you got to want to train the next generation. That's my, that's our rally cry to installers out there. But how do you track that there's, and how do new install or how do installers find new help and, and all these things, you can see all the problems 
uh, all these issues kind of brought up on the different Facebook Facebook groups, whether the 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 crews are trying to hire off of off of uh, you know Craigslist or whatever. Well, the retailer has a responsibility, in my opinion, to to help their crews to work through the uh, the maturity of new installers. You know, Go Carrera. What I was going to show you is Jumpstart. I mean. It's a job board that we created at Go Carrera where all of the new trained installers, and I should say all, but we're working with CFI, FCICA, uh, NC, all of the training entities to bring a board and give companies like Preferred Flooring or our flooring company, Stewart & Associates or Rollins Flooring Company. If you hire by the hour, you can get on Jumpstart and hire directly off at Jumpstart from one of the recent graduates one of the candidates that are saying, Hey, I want to be in flooring. I went through this course. I may not be, you know, I'm not a, I'm not an installer, but I need to be with someone. And uh, the crews on Go Career are able to hire straight off of Jumpstart with a minimum of a hammer rating of one or above. That way you can make sure that the blind's not leading the blind, so to speak, that a trained installer. So Jumpstart, just to share briefly, a quick screenshot. I'm actually going to share this during the podcast here. This is what Jumpstart's coming to be, where these guys have graduated, you know, from different, um, most of these are FCEF graduates, and it's simple to jump in, look at their profile. Uh, you can review their profile, what they're interested in, what they did. You can schedule an interview, go through, find out if they have, you know, their work work hour desires uh you know do they want to work full or part time just more about the information that you are looking for uh when you're talking about hiring somebody new out of the industry the key here is that you know these these there's been a lot of effort in bringing these guys in and there's not a real good way for placement and I'll stop the share I just wanted to give a quick kind of you know, um, sneak peek into what happens when when you can be when you connect everything. And the key here, in my opinion, is getting these guys placed and retailers as well as our our flooring, you know, our installer network at Go Carrera can hire them uh, directly. Retailers, it's a very cheap fee to have access to Jumpstart. Our goal is to give an outlet for people to be placed with retailers and uh, installation crews in a meaningful and and in, in a learning environment so that they can uh, move forward uh, on the back side of that. You know, if you hire off a jumpstart, you're required to, um, to uh, report their skill advancement. So on a monthly basis, you go in and you file out, fill out a report stating what you've what you've shown them and how their progression is coming. So when somebody like Roland hires, Roland, do you have any employee installers or is it all um, ten ninety nine crews? All ten all ten ninety nine crews. So when those crews hire new guys, um, you know, th through our program, you you report on their on their advancement and where they're going. If they're not that's doing, that's, that's, I like that. You know what I mean, and and so you can make sure that guys are trained. Um, there has to be a way to 
place and track the advancement of new installers and then reward them based on that uh, on their performance. So, you're already going into a pool of people who are interested in the industry, right? You're already going into into that. You're you're not gambling with someone who's just uh, a friend of a friend or a family friend or a family who might be interested. Um, you you're 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 actually drawing from a from a a network of people who are actively showing interest in your field. And it's so funny that they said or posted or shared that. And today the conversation was find like-minded driven individuals. You'll increase your chances of success. You know, my success is theirs, their success is mine. It's a share, it's a shared effort. And I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, are there is everybody on there gonna be uh home runs? No, but you got a much better. I mean, they've completed one of the introductory courses in the flooring and at least they are showing interest in our industry. And then if we can place them correctly, get them with good guys, get them with good crews, get them with good companies at the end of the day, that's a better recipe than just kind of making it up. At least you have some kind of a recipe to make your cake. Yeah. Uh, you're not just throwing a bunch of ingredients together and hoping something works out. And that's what we've done for so long. So having a systematic way of advancing people through their, their career. And then, you know, ideally I'm, I'm working with the industry and I really would like for them to have an assessment. So after say two years being as a, uh, a jump starter working for a crew or working for a company that after a couple of years, you can take, you know, a certification or an assessment course, uh, training and, uh, somewhat like the, I mean, we, we need to take cues from some of the industries that are doing it pretty well in the electric electrical world. You can test out and be a journeyman after four years. That doesn't mean you're going to be that you're automatically a journeyman after four years, but you can test out and become a journeyman after four years of being an apprentice. We're trying to create that a similar uh, environment, but a digital environment that allows guys to get progressively better. And then after say two to four years, they can test out one of the entities test them. Maybe it's Roland going through a skills assessment test and, and hands-on uh, certification. Not that they have a true certification from maybe, um, you know, like whether it's CFI or uh, CTEF or any of those you may not be CTI certified, but what it is is saying this guy's skill assessment is here and he's an actual installer. He's an installation professional at this point. And we have as you, you got a potential for a new crew lead. Um, maybe they go through some soft skills training as well. And we have to start replacing the great crews that are out there, not replacing them, but backfilling them. So with the, when they're ready to leave, that they can have confidence that a their knowledge has been passed down. I can't think of a more uh, honorable thing than all the stuff that's up in here that I get to pass it down to somebody. And now my installation techniques and what I learned throughout my career and all my plaques got pushed down to other people. That's a that's a that's a feather in my cap when I decide that I'm done and I'm not going to install anymore. So. We're trying to uh, just sh show the industry that we can do things together. 
when retailers uh, care about the the install like Roland does, uh, like PF Floors, and you actually give a darn about the installation community and you pour into them and invest into them, uh, you create a better environment for a good quality team that we've been talking about this whole time. So and Jeremy just made a good point too. He says that a lot of like a lot of people come into flooring and they see the things that you have now and they're like, well, I want that today. And when you're talking to, you know, when you get these people that are, that have gone through, you know, some of these, um, essentially the jump, jumpstart certifications. Right. And yeah, they want to, jump- they want to join your team and you can show them, yeah, this is a, a marathon. You know, this is not a sprint. It's, it took me 20 years to get to where I am. And I'm not saying that it's going to take you 20 years, but you have to start somewhere and you have to progressively get better. And that's where I think it's a great idea that you can say, yeah, you know, this is what you're doing right now. We're going to log this stuff. And then at, after so much time. That that seems to be one of the missing pieces. Like we get guys in and we have no way like the old way. There's, there's no indication of when I can go be, you know, step out. Even if I'm an employee installer, when am I qualified to go out and start running my own crew for the company I work for? When, when, when does that happen for me? When the lead man says you're ready. Exactly. And if the lead man, (laughs) exactly. And that's very opinionated correctly. I mean, you, you can't help it. It be opinionated. It's not a, a measurable. We need to make it measurable. And that doesn't mean by the way that everybody that passes should be an installer team lead, but it means they may have the skill set to be an installer team lead. So if we track it, this nothing's perfect, but it's a big step forward in being able to place guys, make sure they're with good quality crews. That's why we encourage everybody, the entire installation community to join Go Career. You don't have to do work across it. You don't have to even get your work, but you'll have access to Jumpstart, You'll be able to um, promote your own hammer rating and your skill set. And um, we're working real close to the industry. And when I say the industry, I mean like decision makers in national accounts, in in uh, architectural firms, in manufacturing. Everybody wants to use certifications or some measurable until our industry has a accepts the a a standardized form of what what makes a good installer we say certification and the last cfi convention i was at that was talked about a lot the problem is there's so many levels to certification that is that r1 r2 c1 c2 master what what level do you want and does the consumer understand that so go career distilled that into a ha- into a score called the hammer rating as, as you guys know and it's a 0 to 5 metric uh, that takes into account all that. So um, I didn't intend on this going down that path, but I did just want to say when you're placed, when, when we bring in new people in, one of the things retailers need to think about over the next, you know, five or 10 years is how are you backfilling your labor sources and how are you encouraging your current crews to um, hire and train the new workforce that's coming in? Our job is, you know, as I see it, is the FCEF, uh, whether it's, there, there's multiple, CFI, all of the different training entities 
Their job is to uh, find and train new installers and then get them in the workforce. Where Go Career steps in is placement and tracking of their advancement so that we know as an industry how many new people are coming in, how many yeah. new people are getting trained, where are they at in their training, and then make sure these guys are gainfully employed in a environment that that's um you know a growth environment for them no essentially it's going to create an algorithm too that that um could give us some, some answers uh, on better chances of success rate you just got to get more people on board and um i, I want to go back and i know we're running over right now but uh we kept saying training our replacement um back when i started that's how it was viewed 100 how it was viewed i was always a young person i was one of the younger leaders when 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 I, when I was first introduced to the industry. Um, but as my brother and, and everybody came along and I brought friends and family, it was never training my replacement. It was more or less like um, training and informing my successor, right? Because if you can't build a team around you that that is is going to essentially be at your level or take, take your um, place in a pecking order so that way you can move on and work on other things to kind of set that pace, that, then you're not doing yourself any favors. For individual growth or business growth um and that's the same same thing with sales right you don't hire sales staff and say you're going to be a salesman for me for 25 years and that's all you're ever going to do you know you, you limit somebody like that they'll find something else that they like to do and they'll go somewhere else and the same thing for for in installation and installers you're not training a replacement you're, you're teaching someone um how to how to to do what you know how to do so that way you can work on something else and, and get better and then you'll teach them that too and you you know what if they get better than you at what you're doing awesome they're going to teach you something um, problem might, is you know, problem is jose is that there's still still too many guys out there or people out there because we're not just guys anymore too many people out there that don't have that mindset that that hurts that hurts the industry as far as bringing new people in I'm a firm believer. I mean, we can look at the boards itself, all the all the boards and things we go on on the the, the different sites. You re, you read more negative things about the industry and from the installers that's been doing it for 20, 30 years, saying how bad it is on your back, how bad it is on this, how bad it is this. Why in the world would a young guy stumble across the site and see all this and go into this industry? So we we need to correct that. We need to get the well, people that are not taking accountability for the, right. the way that they were taught is what it is. Right. So you know, so you know, the, it was bad, but I didn't lift. I didn't do everything right. the right way. Well, and let's be clear. I mean, a lot of the the tools and and uh, from knee pads to crab stretchers to uh, the the lighter. Uh, power stretchers. I mean, everything's gotten way better. Right. I mean, that is no, there's no doubt about it. Like I used crappy knee pads, you know, we didn't have, I mean, pro knees were around, but they weren't like known when I first got in. I mean, I, I didn't use my first crab stretcher, which, you know, in, in commercial putting together hundred foot seams and such uh, sure saves the knee from kicking it, you know, kicking stay nail and to get a bow and skew out of a, 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 a commercial carpet is no fun, you know? No. 
the the fact My is knee hurts that, just talking about it yeah <laughs> our industry has gotten a lot better and we should be able right. to attract you know the younger crowd we are look the younger crowd is coming i think that we have to just embrace the placement embrace and you don't have to use jumpstart like find the guys that are interested i'm just saying there is a resource out there that is available where we're pulling in from multiple entities <clears throat> and trying to put you know the guys that have shown yeah. interest and graduated and putting them in front of the people who need the labor if you if you're not using that that's fine but use when you get a new guy pour into them pour into them and and teach them that not only the way you were taught but the new techniques the new things that are out there you know mm -hmm. equip your crews uh if they're by the hour equip them with the, the with the good equipment with the good personal protective equipment you know, great knee pads will go a long dang way. I, I tell you, there's yes. there's an army of pro knee people out there that'll tell you how much it's made a difference in their life. Uh, from that all the way to the fact that we're not lifting as often in any manner, uh, especially in the commercial world. But in general, like roll good carpet is a, the sales of I mean, just look at the charts, you know, the sales are way down on Broadloom carpet. Um, we're not. I remember times of carrying 60, 70, 80 foot drops up two sets of stairs with seven guys and we're all breaking our backs. Now I'm carrying carpet tile or loading carpet tile into the elevator because there's no way a broadloom would have fit in that elevator, but I can just roll in some, you know, it's a lot better industry today than it was back in the day in a lot of ways. And sadly, a little bit, void of some of that mentorship that Roland was talking about earlier. Yeah. I'm saying let's bring back that mentorship. It doesn't have to be your cousin. It just needs to be somebody or your brother or your uncle or whatever. It just needs to be somebody who's interested in the flooring industry. They, they're your flooring brother right there automatically. And then take them into your team, teach them the right ways. And let's see if we can Th thrive together and and build back up our uh, our industry. We get compared, or I hear a lot of industry people, um, you know, talk about the way that the electricians or the plumbers do it because we're somewhat envious of the fact that yeah, there's a a skilled labor shortage overall, but we're we're hurting worse or more than the electrician the the plumbing industry and the reason for that is there's a clear path to become a journeyman installer or a journeyman uh electrician there's a clear path to become a journeyman plumber we want to create that clear path in an industry that 87 percent of all the flooring is installed by subcontractors 1099 people so how do you do that that's what we're trying to tackle through technology and we have the technology um so it's 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 not going to happen overnight but i hope that um you know our industry recognizes that there's there's creative ways to uh improve ourselves we also you know we we need to embrace technology as a as an industry um i know that those plaques on the wall you learn something new each time that was a new technology today it just happens to be computers and things of that nature that we need to embrace a bit yeah and i like the way you, you said that too as far as um they have a clear path 
you're right. Um, and we could keep making, when I say we, I mean, I, like I'm always, I've always looked at it until right now, you just made me realize something. I've always looked at it like they have a clear path because the state and the city mandates that they have to pass inspections. They have to do all that. But you know what? Just because we don't have to pass a lot of that doesn't mean that we cannot create a clear path. It doesn't Absolutely. make sense at all. It doesn't make sense at all. So there again, I just learned something. Thank you, sir. Thanks, Paul. Because uh, it instead of pointing the finger and saying, this is why we don't have a structured uh, curriculum and a structured path to to success or, or to a label, instead of, instead of doing that, it's why don't we? You know what? Because we haven't written it yet. That's why. Yes. Yeah. Nobody else's fault. Well, it's time we come together as an industry and both create um, and work together to more clearly define how a new person that they have something to work forward, that they, they know that in three to four years that they can have what you were talking about, Daniel, they can have what you have, so to speak from a, you know, the skills and abilities uh, side of things and work towards a, a, a meaningful, rewarding career in flooring. It, that I, I sometimes hear people say that with zero conviction. I'm telling you, it can be a rewarding, fulfilling career to be a flooring installer. That doesn't mean you have to do it for 60 years. It just means that, that you can do it for the time that you want to do it as long as you're trained properly, you're working with good people, and that the industry overall values you as an individual. Very well put. Roland, any last words, sir? We ran over here about 15 minutes. I'm going to close her down. I appreciate you coming <laughs> on board and sharing your experience and your, 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 uh, you know, your years of, of doing this. And, and it's, it's enlightening. It's always a pleasure to listen to guys who have been there, done that. Well, you know, uh, I guess in closing, what I would say is that, you know, to build yourself a good team, takes dedication on and on all sides the the retailer the salespeople the installer uh it takes dedication to make a good team um you know and and as far as the you know making this a path of success uh there again um it, it's something that you you're going to want to do as an individual uh block out all the negativity in that and and uh you know, go ahead and learn to trade. I wasn't here to know exactly how you're going to get the people to understand the path that you're you're doing with a jump start, but we'll talk more on that. Yeah, I I, I uh, invite those conversations, and I want to, you know, listen to people who've who've uh, been through the struggle, um, mm -hmm. both in residential and commercial, but retail. You know, there's a huge need um, to to help the 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 new people. I, to me, it's a travesty if CFI and FCICA and WFCA and all these acronyms uh, are working so hard to bring new people in, but there's no systematic way to get them to the next step. And I'm all ears on uh, input on how that can happen. We built a piece of technology that can be molded and and used, but we're not, you know, we're not like, uh, you know, 
who's a guy on Facebook, a floor god. <laughs> you know, Mario. We, we, yeah, Mario. Yeah, Mario. Yeah, Mario. Yeah, text me. Hey, Mario. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so at the end of the day, um, I want to, I just want to improve our industry overall. And I think together with some teamwork and jumping on this podcast, the the dedication that Jose and Daniel have, and you're on here often too, Roland, and and just the dedication you guys have for the industry is admirable. I appreciate it. Well, I know wait, that the industry appreciates it. Give yourself credit. I wouldn't be here right now talking on this podcast if it wasn't for you, sir. So give yourself a little bit of credit. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. Well, guys, with that, I'm going to close her out. Appreciate you, Roland. Guys, as always, thank you so much for coming on and uh, being such a anchor for this thing and uh, the movement. Appreciate the uh, input, and it's always enlightening. So until next week, in fact, I'll be talking to you guys a little bit later, but <laughs> until next week, we will see the audience. And if you enjoy some of the content, please give us a like and subscribe. I'm not too proud to beg. Uh, it gets more uh, people uh, exposed to some of the concepts that we're talking about. And, you know, at the end of the share day, with everyone, you know, information, what's share that with ev share with everyone, you know, share it, share it, comment. If you like it, give us a thumbs up. Hell, even if you don't like it, give us a thumbs down. Either way, it's all good. <laughs> Interaction. It all counts. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you guys next week. See you. All right. See you. All right. See you, Roland. All right.